Do you want to go into stasis for the rest of the trip and forfeit 18 months' wages? Do you want to listen to Dwarf Cast by Ganymede and Titan? Choose. Awoga, this is a Dwarf Cast. Hello, Merry Christmas, and welcome to Dwarfcast number 169, brought to you by Ganymede and Titan. For this very special occasion of reaching an arbitrary number that is slightly Red Dwarf connected, <laughs> we're having a Waffleman special, uh, and also a Christmas special, with some Christmas waffles, which are just waffles with gravy on them. I'm Ian Symes, and joining me today are Father Christmas. Ho, ho, hello. And one of his elves. <laughs> Also known as Jonathan Captain Kelly Stevenson. <laughs> we have a fresh pile of waffles donated by our beautiful readers slash listeners. So let's start with Dave, who says, There's a secret Santa on Red Dwarf. Who buys what for whom? That first sentence is actually quite sinister. That there's a secret Santa on board Red Dwarf. <laughs> it's, the, it's the plot of Red Christmas, isn't it? <laughs> Mixed with the last human. Santa's been hiding in the ducts, <laughs> yeah. like healing yeah, all this time. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to actually set this up, right? So <laughs> we're doing a secret. Are we doing? <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to. I'm just going to do the farm in, okay? I'm going to just shuffle these up, right? So we're going to go. So who's who's picking first? The cat would push ahead and want to pick first. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So the cat is picking for Lister. Okay. Rimmer would definitely butt in next. Okay. So Rimmer would think then so. go for. Rimmer would go for the cat. Mm, interesting. And a living human outranks a mechanoid, so Crichton insists that Lister has the last pick. <laughs> okay. This is the yeah. closest we've come to writing fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> so the cat's picking for Lister. Rimmer picks for cat, but Lister picks Crichton. And that means Crichton, Rimmer. Right. So that concludes the draw. Uh, fixtures to be played <laughs> the weekend of the 3rd of January. At least we're all more sober than Rod Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> and less evil than Donald Trump. <laughs> so the cat's picking for Lister. So well, we've already got we've got like established canon, right, of what cat would buy for Lister. Like oranges and grapes that have already yeah, eaten. they're already eaten. Yeah, yeah. Or um, a discarded item of his own clothing. Yeah. Or like because it's Christmas, it's like you know maybe it's a combined birthday and Christmas gift, and he'll like go out and find like a really big. Like, maybe the really big bird on Justice World, he'll go out there, neck it, and bring it back and, and leave it outside his door. <laughs> You're going with an interpretation of the cat's character that is very early. Yeah, I mean, I like the early stuff, you know, with the grey wobbly sets. Yeah, it was better when they had no money. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we'll go with that. Okay, so let's just go on the chain. So Lister would then buy for Crichton. So Lister would be quite thoughtful, I think, for Crichton, because he really likes Crichton. Yep. So you're probably getting something really nice like Earthnar. Unfortunately, we've picked like <laughs> we've picked all the combinations where there's really famous examples of these people buying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like you just get him like a brand new mop or something. Well, Woody, is this the Lister that is like wanting him to break his programming, or is this Lister that's got mm. a bit too comfortable with him doing everything for him? Ah, uh, yeah. Mm. At Christmas, right, you buy... I have this issue with Christmas where I'm like, oh, what would, what would my partner really like? And she really does love cooking. But I can't, I can't buy any cooking implement for a Christmas present. That's just... That's going 
It's just not right. It's not right. It feels yeah. like you're taking the piss, doesn't it? Like, it's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's like, like, yeah. My dad bought my mum and I in for a Christmas present in about 1992, and it's still referred to today. <laughs> it just it feels really passive aggressive, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like a gym membership. It's it's a household item, like a toaster or anything else in the house. But it just feels like if you buy someone a toaster, it's like, well, what 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 am I doing wrong? Well, yeah, if it's someone that you yeah. live with and you are there for... You buy for theory, the house, you don't buy for the person. Yeah. You buy... <laughs> yeah, Christmas presents should be personal and fun, right? Whereas a, a wedding present, a toaster would be a perfectly valid wedding present. In fact, because yeah. you'd assume that's like, you know, housewarming, all that stuff. It's like, yeah, you know, that's fair enough. Yeah. Bread warming. Well, if you want to, I was going to say, if you want to warm your house, a toaster's <laughs> a really inefficient way of doing it. <laughs> if you want to warm your bath up, bloody hell. <laughs> Quickest honeymoon ever. <laughs> that uh, went dark quick, didn't it? <laughs> uh, so anyway, <laughs> Lester would buy. <laughs> I mean, he's already bought him a sex doll. You're a sex doll. Um, some sort of advanced rebellion kit, maybe. Oh, like a Blu-ray, a really nice Blu-ray. A Blu-ray, set, or right? a Crichtonarian collection Blu-ray set. <laughs> <laughs> I see you've done that. Yes, 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 yes you yes. have, haven't you? So Rebel Without a Cause, like, um, yeah. <laughs> Gone with the Wind. Casablanca. Casablanca. Yeah. Sorry, Casablanca. <laughs> um, it's a Wonderful Life, all these things. Yeah, yeah. All oh, his yeah. favourite films. Yeah. Yeah. He'd probably make Crichton a version of It's a Wonderful Life with a, a list of commentary track on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a point, yeah. <laughs> Which is just him crying. So that's a bit it. like um, making someone a mixtape, right? Because they're best mates. Like, you know, they're, they're probably yeah. the best mates on, yeah. on board. So, like, you do something thoughtful like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. Next. Okay, so, uh, yeah, so Crichton would be buying for Rimmer or making for Rimmer. Yeah, we'll, so. we'll finish Rimmer buying for Cac. I feel like that might be the best one. Yeah, so Crichton <laughs> making for Rimmer because Crichton wouldn't buy something, he'd make something. He wouldn't do something to wind him up. I reckon he'd do something to like genuinely thoughtful, but Rimmer would probably take it the wrong way. Yeah. Well, whatever it is, Rimmer would complain about it because I was thinking he could do something like help him to alphabetize all his belongings or something that Rimmer would really enjoy doing and or something really anal like making sure all his underpants were on coat hangers. But Rimmer would just turn around and say, well, you're supposed to do that anyway. Oh. Anything you do for me is your duty. Yeah. So oh, I don't accept this as a gift. <laughs> How about a label maker? Like Rimmer would like a label maker. Like genuinely, yes. if I was buying for Rimmer, I think I probably would get him that. I'd want a fucking mm. label Some maker. Some sort of stationery. <laughs> but it's not very funny. So. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Crichton would get something with good intentions that would definitely accidentally enrage Rimmer or offend him. Yeah. Maybe twenty three and me test what that's a the, the, the blood test which shows you your genetic makeup yeah, yeah. Oh, right. so 23 yeah. me is your uh, your chromosomes and basically showing you your 8% ionian like a, a, a dna ancestry thing yeah yeah, yeah. It turns yeah. out he's just descended from like worms <laughs> he's not. He has no Alexandrian not, in him. His his dad isn't even bungo. It's like someone even worse than a working Hitler. class man. <laughs> and then finally, Rimmer, regardless of what he eventually buys, will quibble about the budget. <laughs> attempt to sneak ways around of undercutting the budget, like charging 
for the time spent looking for a present. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing, yeah. It's like, you know, the whole thing about him buying Lister a, a gift card and it was like, a, I gave you five, he borrowed money off him to buy him. Borrowed 15 quid and bought him a five quid book token, yeah. That's it, yeah. Yeah. I, I do so like charging for time. Pocketing, yeah, pocketing yeah. at least half of the £10 budget. It's just yeah. so stingy. And then the gift itself would be something really passive-aggressive. Or something like, only Rimmer would actually like. Like, he's literally just bought something that only... Because oh, Rimmer yeah, can't yeah. think past what he would want. He can't really think what the cat would want. And so he's bought it knowing that cat wouldn't want it, yeah. and he'd just have it anyway. Oh, so really, really nice, like, um, maybe like a, a piece of fashion that only Rimmer would like to wear. Like, maybe, you know, like... So Rimmer, with his best intentions, would give him a pair of... Like dungarees and the yeah, Cadillac, yeah, really hard wearing dungarees yeah, that yeah. are that are designed to be worn more than once. Yeah, <laughs> because that's practical, and obviously the cat would be deeply offended by that. <laughs> there you go. We right. we could write this fucking program. <laughs> Rob, if you ever do a spin-off <laughs> involving the cast buying Christmas presents for each other, and only that, then the show has taken a serious turn. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Uh, Dave also asked, if more TV Red Dwarf ever gets made, should they finally make a Christmas special? And why should it definitely be a Red Christmas remake? (laughs) (laughs) I've kind of blocked out Red Christmas from my brain. Like, I think I've watched it once in my entire life. It's easy to do. It's like lost media, isn't it, at this point? Yeah, it's dark era, and it's dark times. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. Christmas specials always are a bit weird because it's like it feels weird to watch them any other time of year and some don't it depends how they're done but like i would say the father said christmas special kind of feels like it could be watched anytime really easily yeah 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 i don't know why but yeah the royal family queen of sheba something that is set at christmas but just has so much more to it yeah i don't know how anyone could have the fortitude to watch that more than once anyway if you want to destroy your (laughs) entire (laughs) well-being the black adder christmas special is like that to me cannot be watched any other time it has to be christmas and christmas only muppets i mean it's not a special but it's you know you know what i mean it is fucking special mate (laughs) (laughs) something like new doctor who the proportion of stories that take place at christmas time is way more than you'd normally yeah. expect yeah if you if you watch doctor who through in order as obviously i did then you find yourself having christmas like once every few weeks nice. <laughs> it seems odd so i'm sure there's some fun to be pulled about christmas on in red dwarf where time is kind of irrelevant yeah on the other hand red dwarf has had 74 episodes and none of them have been mm. set at christmas so you know in okay. fact, they made a joke about Christmas specials that we've not seen. Yes, that's true, <laughs> and, actually. Yeah, there's and, whole and adventures that yeah. happened that, we, yeah, that we're not privy to. So, probably not. I'd, I'd probably rather like a generic... Because you're right, Danny. Like, I don't want... I want to be able to just watch an episode of Red Dwarf at any time. And I, I am probably physically incapable of watching overly Christmas stuff when it's not, when it's not late, Christmas. late November, December. Although... It would be nice to have something that is like a you know a yearly thing that you would watch because it's Christmas rather than you know, yeah I do I, yeah. everyone has those films that they'll only watch when it's Christmas you know obviously you know Christmas films in general but like it's a wonderful life it's uh, I'm about to say that doesn't feel like a Christmas film I was just thinking a Red Dwarf Christmas special could be in the same way that uh, Camille is inspired by Casablanca and ah. and Back to Earth is inspired by Blade Runner. I'm Some completely sort. on board with what you're about to say. I am <laughs> yeah. 100% in. I mean, a Red Dwarf version of It's a Wonderful fuck Life, yes. where 
Lister is shown what would have happened if he'd never signed up for Red Dwarf. But it's done. And what would have, yeah. But it's done in the style of a whole. To everyone else. <sighs> That's a. Oh, and so it's not it's there. not overtly it's, Christmas, yes. so you don't have to like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh, you yeah, could watch. Yeah, you can watch the Fry and Laurie "It's a Wonderful Life" <laughs> sketch. Not at yeah. Christmas. That's just fine. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's the perfect yeah. idea, isn't it? That's that's the one. Is is you doing "It's a Wonderful Life" homage and lovely uplifting ending of Lister realizing that even though he's ended up stranded three million years from Earth, that he's happier now than he would have been if he hadn't because of the friends that he met along the way. Yeah, it'd be interesting. <laughs> so it was almost yeah. like cause you could you could frame that in amongst like an AI unit. So you could be like Lister has just decided yeah, to spend yeah. Christmas on his own and he's decided to go in the AI unit to like almost like the what if machine. But like, you know, he's gone into say like what would what would the world be like if I didn't turn to Red Dwarf and then the AI machine kind of generates the oh. Crichton is uh, the Clarence role, and he's programmed the AR like he did with the Rimmer experience. He's programmed it in his list as guide throughout to show him how he should be grateful for what he's got. That's it, isn't it? And as Rimmer, Rimmer is the Mr. Potter character who's trying to <laughs> yes. ruin everything for him. I mean, <laughs> there, there is a fairly close approximation of that in most of two novels. <laughs> <laughs> but in the Better Than Life universe, though, it's just Lister amongst yeah, everything else that's in The Wonderful Life. But There's Rimmer not, is definitely not, the, yeah, like Rimmer the is definitely the sort of the ruiny. <laughs> Who's the, all right, uh, I'm doing this now. We're going through this. Where's the cat in this? <laughs> well, either of never existed. Oh. Oh, so he's the brother. He's the he's yes yes okay he's the brother who died in the in the lake because he didn't want there to save him right okay because yeah because George wasn't there to interesting save him. Oh, okay good okay. so Danny Danny gets uh gets a bit of a break he gets a week to, off yeah <laughs> Dan, Danny gets a, I was gonna say Danny gets idea for fun <laughs> Danny gets <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay cool yeah love that good 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 that's it nice could be, and neat, it could it? be old man Gower as well to be fair. Yeah, you yeah, just repurpose the actor. You repurpose the actor somewhere else, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. love it, good. And finally, from Dave, what would be your one Christmas wish for Red Dwarf? More TV shows, new novels, a reboot, a reconciliation, a last hurrah, or a brand new start? What's the one thing you want? I mean, the reconciliation. I mean, that would be the dream, wouldn't it? Um... That would definitely be a combined birthday and Christmas. A bit unrealistic, you know. If we're talking literal pipe dreams, then yeah, obviously, mm. <laughs> Rob and Doug getting together and making new Red Dwarf, but, you know, being realistic and pragmatic about it. A novel would be great from either yeah. of them at this point. I'd mm. love to see more fleshed out universes that don't necessarily have to be shown to you. A last hurrah, yeah. while it would be fun, um, I wouldn't want that. I don't ever really want a last hurrah because, no. you know, no. it, it's not conducive to our. Um, I was going to say business model, but fucking hell. Um, <laughs> You're talking about job security, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like fan job security. Like, we'd be fucked, wouldn't we? On the other hand, I've been thinking about this, and I wouldn't want Red Dwarf, main Red Dwarf, like the Red Dwarf that's been going up to and including the Promised Land. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want that to end on anyone's terms but Doug's and the casts. Yeah. I think it would be a shame following the Promised Land not to have anything else. Right. Because as triumphant as the Promised Land was and as good an end as it is, it's not what they want. No. Mm. Doug has said that he wouldn't want to write something that would ever preclude him from doing more. 
Mm. He wouldn't want to wrap it up and and make it so that there can be no more episodes without undoing whatever he does in the story. But something where they know themselves that this is their last time together would be yeah. nice, I think. Yeah, yeah. Adventures continue, but we don't see them. Uh, but I don't know. I just something. I'd like something. I'd yeah. like to see Titan. Like I would. I would like. Like maybe that is my only Christmas wish is that Titan is out there, and I would like that to come to fruition and not just be another. Red Dwarf Live or Out of the Red, or the movie or the stage show. Yeah, exactly. I just want, I would just like that to happen. I like it. Just looks looks cool. But it's got I would like that to happen. Be brilliant and be the ushering in of a whole new wave of Red Dwarf related programs. Yeah. Building yeah the Dwarfiverse. I like the idea of having a, another thread to follow. If Doug's thread doesn't continue, we still have another thread. But if both threads continue, you know, I'll 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 follow both. I'll tell you what I'd actually like to do. Like, if there was a novel, I think maybe novel is is possibly going to be top of my list because thinking about what we do around that is, I'd I'd fucking love to have every week we cover two or three chapters or something like we do doing like a live live read along almost like like book club re you know revived would be fucking Maximum brilliant. Book club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Acting like fucking George R. R. Martin's just released a new book or something, you know that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, the the idea of rationing it out like Crichton uh, <laughs> to make it last. Like, how long has it been? We've since already the done last that with commentaries. Is <laughs> <laughs> it? It'll have been nearly thirty years since the last novel. So you've got to assume that the next novel will be another thirty years. So just eke it out like a few sentences a day. Fucking hell! Almost thirty years since the last novel. Fuck off. Yeah, ninety six. Yeah. Well, you know, twenty twenty six wouldn't be a terrible time to re- you know release a novel on the old thirtieth anniversary. Yeah, yeah. Just a thought. Yeah. Just a thought. L. T. Fletcher. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Has two questions for us and a merry Christmas. Aww. First question. What can we expect from Dwarfcast's post-Smegazine recaps in, say, 2027? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the confidence. Is there anything else in the pipeline? Will we finally get that Red Dwarf RPG campaign? Oh, shit. Did we tell people we were doing that? That's a problem, isn't it? We, it was mentioned <laughs> when Ben Padden recently uh, managed to release all the materials for it and oh, sort yeah. of preserve it on an archive it. People were saying in the comments, you should play a game as a dwarf cast and yeah yeah ben offered that to us years ago (laughs) and we sort of said to them we said yes soon and that was several years ago so maybe but at least we know the offer is still open so i would love to do that i think that would be that would be great fun yeah yeah yeah, different to try and work out how to do that yeah Yeah. i'd love to do that i think top of my list probably would be like because it's the most chilled out option is just like side commentary stuff I, I, I really enjoyed doing them when we, we were yeah. plugging the gap before we uh, stumbled onto more long running series yeah more yeah. Red Dwarf adjacent things yeah it's always nice to cover yeah. we have talked about Red Dwarf a lot oh of course of course the book club for the new book I was pondering doing shorter book clubs like not a oh, chapter no. at a time but a book at a time for yeah, survival manuals and your <laughs> logs and your log 1996s and your man's in the rubbers masks. Oh, man's yeah. in the rubbers masks would be good because you still need to read the new stuff, don't you? 
Shh, don't tell everyone. <laughs> but it's the one thing, the one thing we're doing a dwarf cast about is that you are behind me and Danny. <laughs> You're allowed so, one. So you've got to eke these things out. I would not like to think that I have finished Red Dwarf. No, yeah, you've still got something. <laughs> There's not going to be any fucking new stuff anytime yeah. soon. Man of the Rubber Mask would be really weird because it's like it's written like it's, oh, I'm getting everything up to date. But it goes up to series ten, and that's it. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bobby, if you're out there, mate, you've got a bit more work to do. Come on. <laughs> I think he, I think he is still out. He's not dead or anything. He's just he's just morphed uh, into an electric channel. Yeah, <laughs> that's fully electric. He's fully electric. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's ascended. Uh, okay, Lt. Fletcher's second question: Where do you see Red Dwarf fandom in five years? Do you see yourselves ever stepping back? <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that's the second part. No. Nah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm in it for life now. No, yeah. they're, 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 they're. Oh, am I, I going to. Oh, shit. Danny's, Danny's about to. Danny's leaving. <laughs> He's about to time, <laughs> There was a time a little while back, but I think it wasn't anything to do with being a fan. It was just being so immersed in Red Dwarf from all directions. It got very overwhelming. Because I was like, it was when I was part of DJ and and the fan club and everything. It was all kind of like everything, 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 and yep. it just became. It, it felt like a a job rather than a hobby, and it was like, and it was. That's when it stopped being fun, and I was I was I was wondering, it's like, do I take a step back away from this? But it's the longest thread I've had throughout everything that's stayed consistent. Mm. So no, mm. I, I don't think so. But you overloaded yourself. Yeah. By being fan club and G and T at the same time, yeah. and now you, it's yeah. just one of them. Yeah, and also like the way we do G and T, which I think is fairly obvious to everyone, is that it's uh, in our own time, like at our own pace. Yeah, it's like we when we get loads and loads of things published, it's because our enthusiasm and our productivity is at high. When we have lulls where we don't publish as much, it's because we're having a bit of a rest or we've got ideas that aren't we're not ready for yet or we're just a bit tired and we need a break. Yeah. The secret here is is that we're yeah, we are all fans on our own terms. So maybe slightly different for you, Ian, but although you were still like you know, it, it was still a mandatory part of DJ, but like being in the fan club is that it, it isn't fully on your terms anymore. There are still every now and then something looming, so a deadline looms, and you just mm. think, no, this ain't fun. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. that just doesn't happen with the, the only deadline really is like oh shit we need to uh we need to do a poll every five years let's get that sorted yeah <laughs> and maybe this episode needs to go out before christmas and that's about it right <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah the deadlines are usually with like within like two weeks of a thing yeah that's that's that we can't handle yeah yeah and it's also why i wouldn't want to do as people have suggested and that we've pondered at times to do a patreon or yeah. something where it's more because if you do that it becomes an obligation yes. to say we we definitely need to publish X Y and Z, you know, on this regular basis. At which point it becomes something that you have to do, and it becomes a source of stress rather than something that you enjoy doing for the sake of it. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a funny one because it's it's as you get older. I, mean, I don't know how how you guys feel, but I just feel like you, you, your time is a bit more precious, and it's every now and then you kind of wonder. It's like, oh man, maybe you know, maybe this should be a job. But then it's like, nah, I've killed enough darlings in my time to know with that jobs. Turning yeah. my hobby into my job is not always the best idea. Jo- so, jo- jo- jobbies yeah. are a terrible idea. Yeah, <laughs> that is always the pattern for me. Is that I'll you know start a thing, get way too involved, do too much, 
burn yourself out and then resent it. And it's, so just, yeah. and it's like, I could literally like part my life into like six chapters where I've done that. Um, I'm way oversharing right now. I should not be talking about this stuff. Well, it's Christmas. Yeah. yeah I've, it's I've time got, for sharing, isn't it? I've got to say, I do like, I do like LT Fletcher's like uh, wording of, uh, Asking if we're considering taking a step back like we're fucking Russell T. Davies in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> it's, time, it's time to let the youngsters have a Yeah, have a go and then, <laughs> and then come back and rescue it. <laughs> As for fandom in general in five years' time, I can't see that many changes for a show that's this old already. Yeah. We're already in Red Dwarf's phase where there are multiple generations of fans and there's people that discover it anew but on the other hand not as many as used to discover it anew and you will find people old enough to be adults but didn't have red dwarf in their lives when they were kids and so don't know it that well but the, the people that are there i think are dedicated enough to remain and you always see like people even just on something like gnt like people who are really prolific as posters commenters just disappear and then new people come and yeah. then they disappear. Or then sometimes the old people come back and are prolific for a bit yeah. and then disappear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cycles. Right? <laughs> but I think things have been pretty static for a while in that regard. We've, we haven't had too many comings and goings in our regulars for probably like since the promised land. Mm. Cause we always had a thing where we'd get a whole new influx of people whenever there was new dwarf. And then some of them would stay and some of them would disappear. But all, it seemed like all the people that were here for the Promised Land are still here. Yeah. yeah. But often it's like like <laughs> new posters will turn up and it's like, oh, this is the first time I've posted. I mean, I've been reading the site since 2007, but this is the first time I'm posting. Yeah. <laughs> I, so like, uh, yeah, like, what are they? They're not new at all. Like they're steeped yeah. in the, <laughs> you know, that's always nice. I, I, think, I think we're in a, like our bit of fandom, which is really the only bit I, care about <laughs> like um yeah. it has been in a holding pattern for a long long time like you say and yeah. gt will be much the same in five years it's just marooned will be the voted the um the the, <laughs> the, the best episode ever in the ruby reckoning um so <laughs> <laughs> we might have a redesign within the next oh yeah 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 if i can uh figure out color theory if you can just be bothered <laughs> i mean we are getting on to sort of like our third possibly near third generation of fans now like you know like kids who've had kids who've now oh i mean it. yeah yeah mm. we might we it's, might it's... not be that far fourth to be honest because like there's people our age um or around our age that have grandchildren that are watching yeah. it yeah. um so it's not your age not mine I mean, as we get older, like, what is it? <laughs> Three-year fucking gap? <laughs> You're 40 at heart. That's what your doctor says. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki Hutchinson says, which of these two would you have as a present to open on the 25th? A full set of the show's scripts or a massive Red Dwarf ship playset? <laughs> which With Starbug and Blue Midget included. Which version of me are we talking to? Because I feel like the playset would be pre-20 me and I'd probably take the <laughs> script book from that point onwards. But to be honest, it's a close run fucking thing. I just, I'm less, 
I'm less about physical possessions, if you see what I mean. Now, yeah, my my brain's going. My brain's thinking a script book is something that I've harped on about this so much. Mm. But yeah, mm. obviously, script books are my number one thing. A place that would be lovely, like it would be a nice thing to have. But all I can think is like the script books are still really good. The playsets are still not really good. So like in terms right, of like a longevity yeah. thing, script books. 100 percent because play sets don't last yeah imagine the size of that script book <laughs> containing 74 episodes worth yeah. it would be do some fucking damage joy. or that wouldn't you i mean it, it would be unwieldy it wouldn't be a coffee table book it would be a coffee table, it would be a coffee table. <laughs> even better if we have like for the first six series or even all of them we have like notes all from doug and like like an argument basically between Rob and Doug about each one, and then also have that for Doug Dwarf as well. Like just really expand out the Rob's like, annotations. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just like the idea of like every series having its own script. But we've done series eight, and if yeah. they redo it, fair enough. But their Dwarf eight yeah. is pretty much done. Don't need to touch that. But it's something leads fill done, the right? gaps, man. Either side. having like literally a box set of the books, like a big cardboard box with individual hardbacks for each series that slides around. Like really the says. remastered box set with all the little, all of the spines mm. that have an hour. Yeah. See, that's the thing. It's just but, a big old project, but my God, I but want that so beautifully much. bound, like, with like high-quality printing book that smells like a real book. Not like one of them fake books. Ugh. <laughs> it just, yeah, having, like, like, old sketches of, like, Starbug and Red Dwarf and the you know the receipt for the original model and basically oh, yeah, a visual yeah, yeah. history of Red Dwarf is what I'm kind of after with with like mixed in with the script book. It's like the ultimate, mm. just the catch all. Almost thing. talking like, about two once. different books, aren't we? Do it, do it once, and then you never have to do it again. The series eight book, like the only problem with that in terms of quality is the fact that it's the series eight scripts because yeah, everything else about it, like the design and the way that it's got behind the scenes materials mixed yeah. in and obviously it includes all the deleted bits of the scripts and everything yeah. that standard applied to all of red dwarf would be gorgeous. Yeah. gorgeous. I def- definitely the kind of kickstarter thing that would do very, very well. Like, cause it kicks oh, yeah. would guarantee your audience because that's what kickstarter does and then if it goes that well you can then go further with it and then have you know like just i would love to set up a kickstarter for a script book who does i feel like i feel like a script book it's almost or like a book like that feels like it's not something that we could rely on rob and or doug to do and it almost is if there was still an andrew or a seb at grant naylor productions or a Mm. curtis sorry curtis I feel like this would be their perfect job to do this, to collate this. But that's not what the company is anymore. They're not going to, they're not, that they don't have the super nerd budget, you know, anymore. Well, yeah, and they don't have in house people to do stuff. No, exactly. So, yeah. Therefore, everything becomes more. It would have to be expensive. outsourced and, yeah. 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 But, you know. Oh, well. You've got to laugh, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> That'd have been fun, but never mind. Never happened. Fuck it. Move on. Playset. That's what I go for. Playset, because the script book's <laughs> never going to happen. So, yeah. Fuck yeah, playset. Play and, like, sound chips that are deliberately, like, slow and shit as well. <laughs> Just for their authenticity. Like, Grand Earth Productions can never do anything, like, fully God. well. If it was to scale with the Starbuck playset, Fuck. that would be... That would... Yeah. Do you know, genuinely, like, Red Dwarf wallpaper, like, genuinely appeals to me as an idea. Like, just, like, actual wallpaper that looks mm-hmm. like the side of the ship and just, like, you know, like a tileable surface. 
Oh, would you know? Oh, yeah. No, you'd have to put that on the outside of your house, and then on the inside of your house, you'd have like white Cargo code or one five nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, can you imagine like the Mark Wilkinson artwork, like like the the detail in the background, but like just just like, like a loopable, yeah. set, a loopable, yeah, yeah, loopable, like just lots of little floor. things, like little ships, little nebulae, and Gorgeous. planets and stuff. Yes, please. Yeah, so that wasn't part of the question. Yeah. No. Nope. So well, if I mean, you had to choose between either of those things, it'd be none of those things. It would be wallpaper. That's yeah, wall, wallpaper. <laughs> you didn't fucking expect that's, that, did you? That's... <laughs> Philly Mess asks, with Gallifrey Girls on YouTube and the new podcast Better Than Life this week, uh, there's certainly no shortage of content on the internet keeping the flame alive and people discovering the show for the first time. What are your faves and worsties of these? It's weird, actually, because Red Dwarf is... is something they say this sounds really egotistical red dwarf is something that i feel like i know a lot about and talking about yes. it is infinitely more engaging to me than listening about yes it. do you know what i mean that's exactly that sounds, that the issue sounds, I that sounds like a twat because it sounds like it's oh i don't need to hear other people's opinions i know what my opinion is. that's not what i mean what i mean no. is that i want to hear stuff about stuff i don't know about so mm-hmm. that's why I listen to things like No Such Thing as a Fish or 99% Invisible or those kind of podcasts where it's about stuff that isn't about stuff I already know about because if there's a mistake or anything in there, I get annoyed about stuff mm. where it's something I know about and I can't, you know, it's like that stuff irritates me, but like that's assuming that other people have made mistakes. So. Well, I mean, that's the thing. You spend 20 years making a podcast about Red Dwarf and then you listen to a podcast about Red Dwarf. Everything in your brain is screaming at you that you want to speak <laughs> and contribute and you can't. Yeah. And, and then and it just... So, like, so you got the Garbage podcast, which yeah. they turn up when there's a, a notable anniversary, right, of a series, go through the whole mm. series. And I tend, to, I tend to listen to them because it's, it's, it's not very often. Like, current ones now, obviously, there has been intracast things like that that people know about but the shipwreck and comatose and everybody's dead dave and they're both mm. going through the going through the episodes and they're i've listened to them both and they are really good but i can't really listen to them because they're not they're they're not aimed at me <laughs> and it's and it's hard it's like you say daddy you listen to something because you've got a little like gap somewhere that has room to hear other people's opinions. And I'm not saying that I couldn't do with listen to, listening to other people's opinions about Red Dwarf. It's just that there's, there isn't any room in there. I've filled it full of shit already. Like, there isn't... You can't fit anything more in there, rightly or wrongly. So, like, I would listen to something like, well, in recent years, the, the West Wing Weekly podcast, Josh Molina and um, Rishikesh Surway did. And that's really good because that's a show that I loved, but there was loads of room for me to learn about things and hear other people's perspectives and things like that. So basically what I'm saying is that I'm really, really pleased that Red Dwarf podcasting is as healthy as it has ever been by a fucking mile right now. I'm loving the fact there's others. Yeah, yeah. And and that's brilliant because that is guaranteeing this whole different audience being catered for than, than, yes, than what we have. Because we only ever intended to cater to the niche Red Dwarf yeah. audience. Where like the entire point of GNT was that there was a a level that wasn't being serviced, but with them we accidentally became the only fucking people. <laughs> yeah, the, the only option for a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but we, and garbage we podcasts are similar. Like they're they're operating yeah. like yeah 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 at a different audience, the same audience as others, which is why we have this fake rivalry. But yeah, the fact that there there are people that like Red Dwarf that are interested in Red Dwarf but don't yeah. need to go through page by page what 
people were writing in 1992. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't, they don't need this level of. But yeah, we're we're like if you know your receptors are so like withered away because you've you've been taking crack cocaine for 20 years and and the only way that you can get even the slightest little bit of sensation is like is in-depth discussion about the last human novel and like you know and what's happening with all the clones you know things like that like you just you you, you need to get sicker and sicker fucking thrills and that's what we're here for <laughs> but the, the new podcast so they mentioned it better than life uh which it could have a better name. <laughs> but... What's left as a name, though? That's the thing. <laughs> Ganymede and Titan. Um, <laughs> but what's what's exciting about it is that I, I mean I've not heard of the host, but they, they sound like they're that you know the type of podcast host, which is um, white dudes that have got a history in comedy or like in presenting, like they are media mm. literate. They know how to present a podcast very very well. So like they're there, they've got their. Um, famous guest every week which is very premium podcast territory which is something that red dwarfs yeah. never had before and it's only had the first episode so far i listened to it and it's a, it's a really nice chilled listen and actually it's something i could probably fit in to my brain because it feels very different to what we've really had before and that they're not coming at it from scratch you know they know their stuff yeah and they've got the yeah like you say the aspect of the different comedian every yeah. week joining them that and that's really healthy that they are well they've they've definitely filled six and they they must be confident that they can fill 74 <laughs> yeah and, yeah uh, yeah i mean there's, there's there'll, be repeats, right? are, there'll be repeats right there'll be repeats lots of repeats. <laughs> but yeah people that we didn't know were red dwarf fans but had heard of yeah. from the comedy community yeah, so, yeah i'm looking forward to the eternal cool. episode <laughs> but uh, no yeah i would i would recommend like anyone like you know our jaded drug addled listeners like i would i would recommend it it's like it's 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 quite a fresh perspective on red dwarf the one that philly mess mentions gallifrey girls i don't think any of us have actually watched but i've no. heard people yep. talk about that it's two women or women, a woman who uh obviously doctor who fans who are now doing a series on youtube where they are watching red dwarf for the first time oh wow um, okay i've heard good things but i haven't watched it we'll put a link in the show notes anyway however i would recommend red dwarf nerd yes on youtube who's been a bit more sporadic recently now i think about it but always has good analysis mm-hmm. uh, good opinions and is engaging uh, to watch better than life are taking you know the sort of podcast that you're used to listening to about other things like slick you know like rewatch yeah. um and you know all those theory YouTube videos and deep dives and different perspectives that you watch about other things. Well, Red Dwarf's got one of them now, yeah. and it's Red Dwarf Nerd. Yeah, high quality as well. He's a professional podcaster. Good. Well, that's just being nice about people. Yeah. That's, fuck uh, hell. That that kicks off for another few years. Excuse me, I just need to go violently vomit everywhere. Uh, also from Philly Mess, top five comedy DVD or Blu-ray sets of all time. Oh yeah. Ooh, that's a good question. Okay. Um, should I? Should, I mean, should we allow like collections of sets? So, like League of Gentlemen has never had a set. However. No. In general. No. All because of their if releases. there was a set of League of Gentlemen, then that would be a beautiful thing. Mm. But yeah. Okay. League of Gentlemen DVDs were always good, but you know we know that because Not it's the same guy who, who did um, the Red Dwarf ones, so it's the same producer, I assume. The absolutely DVD set is a beautiful thing yeah. and uh, a rare thing, I would say. It's like a sketch show that just got everything put out on a DVD release. No fuss, no yeah. fuss. They were the production company yeah. as well, so they owned all the stuff. And I mentioned to Gordon Kennedy at DJ that I was a fan of Absolutely, and he just 
sent me out of the blue a signed box for that box set. Oh, uh, signed by all of them. Yeah, lovely. Which is, oh, well, there you go. Gordon Kennedy is confirmed to be a lovely man. <laughs> Space really good box set. Oh yeah, they came out with all amazing extras and commentaries yeah. and all the rest of it. Including skip to the end. Yeah, that has that little coda. Little little Tim and Daisy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's nice. really good. Yeah. yeah. The Body Snatcher collection. Body Snatcher collection, obviously, if you're a Red Dwarf fan, works well. You can't <laughs> it get it anymore. It's worth. I'm going to say, like, the Body Snatcher collection is pl- pretty fucking lit. Bit, bit a, too lit. <laughs> it was lit. <laughs> the rest of the thing is, there are a lot of good yes. ones. And now there's a apparently there's a look around you box set, but it's only for America where they've got absolute shitloads of commentaries <sighs> that I need to get my hands on. America gets yeah. a bit too much fucking Sarah Finowich. Mm. Very We're, jealous. He's of ours. Well, that look around you had that thing where they see what I loved about. DVDs in the sort of first wave of DVDs, the sort of early noughties, was the time and effort that would be spent on things that were not for commercial value. Yeah. Like, they didn't need to build an entire CFAX for the Look Around You DVD. Yes. <laughs> they, like, that wasn't going to persuade anyone to buy it if no. they weren't already going to buy it. There was no financial benefit for them to sink yeah. their time and effort into that, but they did it anyway. It was a new, yeah. exciting That's a immersive mm-hmm. feel that you get on some of those old DVD sets, like the, the Alan Partridge one where it's the hotel tv menu that you're flicking through and oh, things yeah, like that right, yeah. on the be- and the greatest dvd menu of all time which is i'm on a partridge series two yes <laughs> oh is that when he's dancing play, in the, play, the, playing yeah, bass yeah. on um mark almond isn't it i've got but have not yet watched because this is what happens when you get old and have kids <laughs> the hitchhikers blu-ray box set uh which is styled like a vhs and that looks beautiful, and I've not watched it. I bought that <laughs> purely on aesthetics. I, I haven't yeah. even seen the original TV series. I have never... I, I know about <laughs> oh, the amount of effort that went into... What? This is, yeah, so I've never actually watched it. I've seen clips of it from whenever. I've seen... But I did buy that box set purely on the fact that the, the effort that went into the production of it was enough for me to go, I'm going to get this regardless <laughs> of what it's like. But the fact that Blu-ray wow. transfer of a TV series made in 1970 is... Um, Kind of insane. Yeah, but one that was sh- had all its location shot on film, and also they've uh, the animation sequences are newly transferred. But like, what got me as well is like all the documentary stuff that's inside it as well. There's loads mm. of good extra stuff, which is what I'm after when I want the original DVD set that came out in about 2004, 2005, is amazing and is one of my favorite DVD sets that I've got, and it's like. It's styled to look like the book, and when you open it up, in like the menus are obviously themed around the book, and it's just it's just got so much material packed onto it. Has the, does the Blu-ray beautiful. use those extras as well? Yeah, right, cool. Those extras plus a few new ones, I think. Ah, oh, fuck! I'm gonna have to buy that yeah. <laughs> because it's been years and years and years since I've seen that series through. Well, I'm happy next time you come over, Cassie. <laughs> Let's combine this with a previous question. Yeah. What, yeah. What's next for Dwarfcasts? Yeah, true. <clears throat> the Hitchhiker's intro cast for Danny. Oh, shit, yeah. There seems to have been a, a resurgence recently. So mm. apparently the Young Ones 40th anniversary Blu-ray set is a, a pretty immaculate. Very good extras, very good transfers. Blackadder. Blackadder. has come out yeah. to rave reviews. Yeah. Which is probably what prompted this question, yeah. 
Uh, oh, fuck, what was the other one? I just thought of it. The frustrating thing about Blackadder is it's septuple dips <laughs> at this point. It's like it's oh yeah, it's impossible yeah. to get hold of the sort of the definitive box set that isn't you know like bits of this and bits of that. Yeah, I think even the latest amazing Blu-ray has got stuff missing that was on previous releases. Yeah. Mm. Um, I wish Black Books had a like mm. a, a new release with well, they, the commentaries on Black Books are quite good actually. Um, do you know what? Do you know what? Like a, you know, like a, in terms of extras and things that come with it that are kind of definitive, it's difficult to. Low, low key, all the shows. The Red yeah. Dwarf, the Red Dwarf collection of the two Justice shows, DVD release, DVD quality, un, untampered with, you know, as the Blu-ray, Blu-rays are. Just honest to goodness, easy to get into the episodes. Just a really good way of having a digital archive of, of the BBC years. Held to uh, look, listen. As let's not get as the ones we've discussed because there's no extra. Yeah, well, it's true. It's interesting. Yeah, the Blu-ray one, if it wasn't shit, would be perfect. <laughs> would, <wouldn't> it? <laughs> <laughs> the idea behind the Blu-ray set of gathering everything together in one place, including having a whole extra body snatcher disc and making sure that all the Easter eggs are there and everything. Is great. It's just that they fucked up the execution, yeah. and it looks horrible. A bit like well, apart from the those poop. minor details. <laughs> right, Paul Hughes, who, by the way, had Dwarfcast as his top podcast on Spotify in twenty twenty three. Congratulations! Because he told us, not because we're spice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know. By the way, we know how much you listen to us. You know, you know who you are. We, we collect telemetry. You need to pump. Pump those fucking numbers up. Awake. <laughs> so yeah, you can listen to us on Spotify if you like as well. Apparently. But anyway, Paul asks, also Reed Dwarfcast, is the plan for Reed Disc Overy to continue beyond the classic extras packed BBC series releases? Uh, might you get as far as the promised land before we see the DVD review? Oh, fuck now off. Now listen. Don't <laughs> <laughs> no, you spend less fucking time listening to some <laughs> shitty podcast on Spotify. <laughs> Too busy making beautiful Something. audio for your ears. I started the uh, DVD review and I wrote a fair chunk of it and then <laughs> left it for three years. Yeah. Well, so, it's, well, it's mature now, isn't it? Maybe we'll publish it at the same time as the redisc of a re-episode. People may remember that the same thing happened for Back to Earth. No, no written yeah, review we never of that did DVD and we, we did Back a podcast instead, yeah. which annoyed certain members of the site but um yeah. we maybe it's just we, we we just hate you know fake series like specials you know series Things nine series, series 13 number. can go fuck yeah. themselves yeah <laughs> uh but yes we will continue to the dave era yeah and they'll probably be shorter <laughs> i think they'll be much shorter <laughs> in fact we were talking about combining 11 and 12 didn't we yeah the production schedules did yeah. It's good enough for Doug. It's good enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously we won't be commentating on We're Smeg because that would be two and a half hours no. in itself. And it's it's uncomfortable enough as it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll cover it. Yeah. We'll, be, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. Okay. John's mad. Jonathan Young. What would you choose as your items in a Red Dwarf themed rendition of the 12 Days of Christmas? 
Start at 12 and take turns to choose Fucking until out. you reach the equivalent of a pear tree. Oh, shit. 12 polymorph morphing. <laughs> and then 11 to 1 is just everything the polymorph turns into. <laughs> Done. <laughs> 12 polymorph 11 polymorph morphing. 10 polymorph. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just killing one every day. <laughs> the, the other day I posted a tweet because for some reason I couldn't get out of my head 12 days of Christmas, but all of the items are French hens. <laughs> And this was this was genuinely going round in my head, and I could, I had to get it out somehow. This is exactly like whenever I sing "California Dreaming" by uh, the Mamas and Papas, that every single line is all the leaves are brown. All the leaves are brown. All the leaves are brown. All the leaves are all the leaves are brown. And, and, and on the, to do that the entire song, it's amazing. It's, it's, it makes I it also so... do that with. Who do you who do you who do you who do you? My God, like have we uncovered like a vital part of the human psyche here? I remember. Was it, I, I'm pretty sure it was Seb that said if you sing Jurassic Park over the Jurassic. Park yes, theme, that's what I was thinking. It fits, like, yeah, it's like perfect. It's Jurassic Park. Park. It's true. Yeah, it works with everything. Back to the Future. Like, um, Has anyone heard um, Frank Kelly's 12 Days of Christmas" song? Do you know what? It's weird you mention this because we have mm. that on um, uh, LP. So did oh. we, yeah. He's responding to the one person who is sending oh, him yes. each of these yeah. gifts. It's like, thank you all very much for the turtle doves. However, you know, there's bird shit everywhere. The mother <laughs> is losing her mind. <laughs> it is amazing and, and definitely worth your time. Yeah. Link in the show notes. Uh, right, where were we up to? 11. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about five seconds away from trying to record the bastard, so like <laughs> Well if this if this podcast plays out with the musical number. D- Danny's gonna Danny's gonna kill himself getting these <laughs> ready. Are we gonna have to sing this, Danny? Uh at the end if we get it all done, yeah. All three of us together will probably sound alright. Nine years long service, eight years long service, <laughs> seven, seven years long time. service, six years long service. No, we, genuinely we should do that for for nine, six and three. Like, should we actually work this out? Three million years later. Okay, so we've had a bit of a chat, and we have indeed. John's mad. Thank you. Thank you. That has taken literally 25 minutes of our, of our time. <laughs> you have ruined our schedule, Jonathan Mad. Uh, and luckily, that was indeed the last question, so we can play out the podcast with our beautiful rendition of the 12 Days of Christmas in a Red Dwarf style But before we do that, obviously we want to say a big thank you to everyone that's listened, and of course a big Merry Christmas to you guys at home. If you want to get in touch with us, you can visit us over at www.ganymede.tv, or you can tweet us. Twitter handle is Titan. Okay. so this should give you an idea of the kind of person we're working okay. with. Okay. As always, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Christmas. Thank you for sticking with us and listening to us throughout 2023, if you have and we look forward to giving you even more stuff in 2024. But, as they always say, finish on a song. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Twelve years long service, eleven series number Tension sheets are popping, nine years long service Eight weeks of PD, seven is a blind spot Six years long service, five specs of glitz Four way hugs, three spare heads, two suits is dead And a sheep and a cow of
Christmassy. Oh my God, John's mad. What Thank you for listening to GNT Dwarfcast, and we hope sometime in the future you'll decide to listen to our Dwarfcast again. Have a safe onward journey. Goodbye.